All right, I want you to look at verse 36 of Matthew chapter 12. It says, But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. And so right there, if you, when you take those two verses, that sounds kind of scary. I mean, we're going to give an account of every idle word? I mean kind of makes you just want to shut up doesn't it when you hear a thing like that because and you know if you're somebody like me i talk all the time you know i mean i'm not just when i'm preaching i'm just, I'm just a talker and so it's like giving an account of every idle word and, you know that's that sounds kind of scary but you know here's the question you know do we how scared do we need to be of this passage and the title of my message is by thy words thou shalt be justified and so we're going to look at this passage because when you have something like this it's always important that we know exactly what Jesus was dealing with when he said this. That we kind of have a habit in the IFB world of just taking a phrase and, hey, that sounds good. I'm going to talk about that. And then we apply it to whatever we want. And I'm not saying we can't ever make application of things. But if we don't know what the direct context of that statement was, then our applications might end up being really bad. And we might actually end up preaching something that that passage has nothing to do with. And we want to watch out for that. So this is a very powerful and direct statement that Jesus makes to the Pharisees. And so let's not just take this verse and run with it. But let's go ahead and back up and see what was going on to help us get a full understanding of what Jesus was getting at. To make sure we're not guilty of this kind of thing. And, uh, and so here in this passage too, and one thing I think this message is going to really help with too... It's helping us understand uh, what the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost is. Because that sounds really serious too, doesn't it? I mean, no forgiveness? I mean, you know, that is very clear. There is no forgiveness for the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. But yet, at the same time, isn't it interesting how a sin that's so serious, a lot of people are really confused about what it is. And should we be confused about what it is? And I, I think... Uh, you know, I've heard a lot of preaching on this over the years, and upon further study, I will go as far as saying that I believe what I have heard most of my life taught from this was actually right. However, I've never heard anybody prove it real well. And, I, and so, uh, as we go through this, I think I'm going to prove that, you know, what I've heard most of my life about this passage is actually right. And hopefully we can kind of strengthen this. And I'm just going to say, too, that I don't think we need to really worry about blaspheming the Holy Ghost as a saved person. I think when we fully understand exactly what Jesus was talking about, I, if, if you're concerned, if you think, oh, I might do that, we got a real problem. All right? I, I, I think you have to not be saved. Because <laughs> I know you have to not be saved to blaspheme the Holy Ghost. Because... We can't lose our salvation, and it looks pretty clear you blaspheme the Holy Ghost, you're going to hell. So, uh, you know, I, I think we ought to be able to figure out what that is. So let's go ahead and start in verse 22. And notice what it says. It says, Then was brought unto him one possessed with the devil, blind and dumb, and he healed him, insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. And what a great miracle that would be to see somebody who is blind and unable to speak, to be able to be healed from that. And notice too, that this particular person, the reason they were blind and dumb, it was because they were possessed with the devil. And Jesus healed them. Jesus 
casts out that devil, and all of a sudden, everyone is able to see someone who is blind and dumb is no longer blind and dumb. Now, folks, how in the world do you criticize that? How, how do you criticize somebody healing somebody who's blind and dumb? But you know what? They criticized Jesus, didn't they? They criticized him. And it says in verse 23, And all the people were amazed and said, Is not this the son of David? Now, I can't say this 100% for sure, but it does seem like this statement was showing how the people just didn't believe Jesus could be doing this great thing because he was a nobody to them. I think what we're seeing here is very similar to what we're going to see in the very next chapter. Turn and look at the next chapter in verse 53 of Matthew chapter 13. It says, And it came to pass when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed thence. And when he was come into his own country, he taught them in their synagogue, insomuch that they were astonished and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? So they're recognizing what they're hearing is great wisdom. They are recognizing that he is doing mighty works. But then notice what they said. Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brethren and James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and his sisters? Are they not all with us? Whence then hath this man all these things? And they were offended in him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. So I think when they're saying, Is not this the son of David? They're saying, This can't be the power of God, even though everything we just saw testifies to the fact that he has the power of God. But he can't have the power of God because he's a nobody. You know, we know what family he's from. So, this can't be what we think we're seeing. And what's interesting about this, when, when we were over in Israel, uh, we did an interview with a guy who is, uh, he is like a, an authority on Jewish magic. And he, an ancient Jewish magic. He's not a believer in it. But he knows all the writings about ancient Jewish magic. And there's a bunch of old ancient writings about Jesus and how he practiced magic. They teach that uh, when Jesus went over to Egypt, he learned the dark arts over there. And so when he came back, uh, you know, over into Israel, he was able to trick the people through his magic. And that was how he was able to heal things and do all these miracles and things like that. And, and the thing is, uh, I believe they have ancient writings that probably talk about that. You know why? Because the Bible tells us that they were accusing Jesus of casting out devils by Beelzebub. And so, you know, it just, it lines up with what the Bible says. Now they're wrong. They're seeing him do all these things. But what do they do to Jesus? Instead of recognizing this is of God, when, I mean, we're seeing nothing but good being done. Not only is he doing a miracle that's good, but his works that he's doing, or his words that he's speaking are all good. They're all of God. They're all from the Bible, but yet they're still critical of it. And so in verse 24, when they said, um, but when the Pharisees heard it, they said, this fellow doth not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. And so while most of the people were just in a position of unbelief and of no faith, which is bad, understand the Pharisees took it to another level and they accused him of doing the works of Beelzebub. So understand, there's a lot of people out there who, you know, they, they don't know who Jesus is, or even if they've heard of him, they don't believe he's the Messiah. 
They just don't really know. They're in a state of unbelief. Okay? Now they're lost. They're on their way to hell. They need to be saved. And, you know, they're, they're wrong. But at the same time, too, there's a big difference between somebody who just doesn't know or even somebody who just believes the wrong thing. Somebody who has even accepted another God. There's a difference between all of that and then somebody who sees the work of God, who sees the truth, and then not only do they reject it, but then they turn around and they attribute bad to it and attribute the works of the devil. That's another thing. So just understand, somebody goes out there when you give them the gospel and they reject you and they deny Christ, don't accuse them of blaspheming the Holy Ghost. You know, don't, don't do that. They have not done that yet. They, you know, they're, and even if they do say something really negative, I'll go as far as saying, I'm still not convinced they blasting the Holy Ghost yet. I think there's a little more to it than somebody even just saying a, a thing that's negative. And, and, and we'll get into that as we go. But this was very wicked what these Pharisees were doing here. And it's always wicked. Saying anything against Jesus is wicked. It's wrong. But, you know, when do we get to the unforgivable? You know, when do we get to the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost part? And so... Um, you know, this, what these people are saying here, though, was for sure blasphemy against Jesus Christ. Without a doubt, they're blaspheming Jesus Christ. And, you know, the definition of blasphemy is vilification, especially against God, or just evil speaking or railing. And so understand, I don't think it's appropriate to ever accuse someone of blaspheming when they're railing against another person. We reserve that word for someone who's railing against divinity who's railing against God. So I don't believe, I believe that you can rail against another person. You can rail against me, but I don't, I, I'm not going to say you can blaspheme me. I, even though you can make a villain out of me, you can vilify me, you can say negative things, but we should never call it blasphemy about another person. That title in the Bible for sure is always reserved to people who are speaking against God. And so uh, that's, a, that's a distinct difference between blasphemy and railing when you're railing against god you're blaspheming so um and, it's, and so we shouldn't rail on anyone but at the same time too you know you can say a lot of bad things about people even things that aren't true but it's like there might be some partial truth to it you know we've all got issues and it is it's wrong it's a sin but boy to rail against god you know there's no reason for that okay there's there's reasons to not like other people even if you, we should like them anyway. But to do it against God, no excuse for that. That is the ultimate offense. And so in verse 25, And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself cannot stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. And notice that statement Jesus makes when he says, they shall be your judges. Hey, any time we see someone do a work, we naturally judge them. Okay? Now, whether we say anything about it or not is another thing. Okay? If I just showed up to any of your house this week, and I just showed up and I brought you a pizza or something like that, okay? I mean, you would probably appreciate it. You know, you would probably say thank you. But in your mind, too, you're going to be like, why are you bringing me a pizza? Right? It isn't, you know, like, you know, what prompted this? You know, what, what made you do this thing? You know, and, and, 
you know, you might even ask why. That's just, that's what we naturally do. And, you know, and I mean, and chances are you would believe whatever reason that I said, uh, you know, I, I just was thinking about, you know, I wanted to be a blessing. Okay. You know, you'll accept that. But at the same time too, uh, you know, a lot of times when people do things, even good things, we have a tendency to judge negatively. Okay. For example, too, if a, you know, like any time a young man does something nice for a young lady, you know, a lot of times like, oh, I know why he's being nice to her, you know, that, you know, we do, we just kind of attribute bad motives. You know, when you have, if you have a young guy in the church and he's really unfriendly and then a pretty girl shows up at the church and also he's the most friendly guy in the world, you know, what do we automatically think? You know, oh yeah, I know why he's being nice to her. You know, so we, we all kind of do that kind of thing, don't we? It's, it's pretty normal. And, and sometimes we think some pretty negative thoughts too. And so, you know, Jesus here, when he's talking about, uh, you know, by whom do your children cast them out and they're going to be your judges, you know, he's pointing out this, you know, idea of, you know, we do, we all judge people's motives. They were judging his motives. He's saying they're, they're going to do the same thing with you. And so just like that young lady, when a guy does something, you might think, oh, he's just flirting. You know, he's just sending me or something. You know, she's judging his motives and sometimes too, even attributing bad. And all of us naturally do that. And it's not wrong to do that. But let me tell you something. Anytime you see somebody do a good thing, you're going to have thoughts cross your mind. But let me tell you, be careful speaking those thoughts out loud. Be careful saying those things to other people and making other people think negatively. That's not right. Okay. Some of us just have a more naturally critical, skeptical suspicious attitude than other people. And if that's who you are, you know, that's fine. Okay. For example, too, you know, and no, you dare raise your hand and don't anybody dare give any examples, but you know, have you ever met somebody, saw somebody and just maybe you, you got the perv vibe or something? It's like, man, you know, you just didn't trust them. Hey, you can't help stuff crossing your mind, but let me tell you, shame on you. If you go announcing that to other people, you know, you know, hey, man, that guy that visited church today, he seemed like a really good guy. You know, I hope he comes back. And then you're just like, I don't. Do you see the look on that guy's face? I think he's a pervert. You know, that's not fair. Because that guy might not be a pervert. And now you're turning people away from them. You're making other people think negatively about him when you have no proof of anything like that. So I, I don't want anybody to think you're a terrible person if you are just suspicious and you have negative thoughts like that about somebody. But let me tell you, don't vocalize those things. Do not say those things out loud. All right? If you want to talk to your wife about it or something like that, you two are one flesh. Go ahead and do that. But, you know, don't be public about those things. That's wrong. And so, you know, in this story, too, you know, peop, these people, the things that they are vocalizing, you know, they're thinking, you know, they're out there publicly saying he's not casting out devils by, by the power of God. He's doing it by Beelzebub. And folks, that's first off, that was wrong. But that is that is a huge accusation right there. That's a huge accusation. And what they were saying was being said on purpose to turn people away from Jesus. And that is a very bad thing. Okay. If we're honest too, did you know some of us have probably had negative thoughts about God before? Have you ever thought, God, why didn't, he, why didn't you answer that prayer? 
Have you ever seen? I mean, a lot of times we do. We see how God's doing things and we think, what's God thinking? You know, and at the end of the day, we all understand God knows better than we do. We all, we all get that. We all understand that. But, you know, it would be terrible for us to just, be, to just get up and be like, well, I don't know what's wrong with God. You know, maybe he's not all powerful. He can't. It. No, we, we should never say that because there might be somebody who's very weak in the faith, someone who's not in the faith yet. And we just go saying whatever's in our mind about God at that time. And we're turning people away from him. That's a really dangerous thing. That's a really bad thing to do. And I don't think there's a single person in here that wants to turn people away from God. I mean, we're, we're a soul winning church. We've got people out. I mean, when you go soul winning, you're, you're doing that, trying to turn people towards God. You're trying to turn people towards Christ. That, that's, that's what we do. So I don't think anybody in here wants to do anything like that or would ever purposefully do anything like that. I think we might accidentally do some things like that sometimes, but we would never purposefully do something like that. But these Pharisees, let me tell you, they were purposefully doing that against Christ. And we know that, especially from other scriptures. And so Jesus here, he goes on to say, but if I cast out devils by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come unto you. Or else how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man? And then he will spoil his house. He that is not with me is against me. And he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. So Jesus is telling them, hey, if you just look at the facts right now, it's real clear who the good guy is. Okay? Blind and dumb. Not blind and dumb anymore. I healed him. Without a doubt, a great work has been done. This was a, this was a good thing. Let's look at the fruit and then let's look at the tree. You put two and two together. This is the son of God. This is the Messiah. I mean, folks, Jesus left no reason for anyone to doubt that he was exactly who he said he was. No, no reason at all. Yet at the same time, you had the Pharisees pur- purposefully, publicly lying about him. And not even just lying about him, but understand the works that Jesus was doing was by the Spirit of God. And, and so the thing is, too, I, don't, I, don't, I won't go as far as saying that what the Pharisees did here was blaspheming, that they, they did fully blaspheme the Holy Ghost, but maybe they were like really close, and that's why Jesus is warning them here. Like, you better watch out. Because what they were saying was clearly directed at Jesus Christ, and he said, you can be forgiven blaspheming against me, but not against the Holy Ghost. And I think they were like that close. Just because of the fact that they're saying he's doing it by Beelzebub when he was doing it by the Spirit of God. And I don't know, maybe they did. I'm not going to argue with you over that. But, uh, but either way, if the old timers are right too, you blaspheme the Holy Ghost, you're dead within 24 hours. Now, I don't know if I agree with that, but you know, that's another subject for another day. Um, but I, 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 do believe, I do believe you're reprobate if you blaspheme the Holy Ghost. I believe you will be given over to a reprobate mind at that point. And so that last statement that Jesus made there in verse 32... Where he says, he that is not against me and he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. So he's showing here that if you're scattering abroad, you're working against him. Now, why is that? Because Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. That was why he was on earth. He's trying to gather people to himself. And as he's trying to gather, you have the Pharisees speaking against him, turning people away from him. So what are they doing? They're scattering abroad. Now, again, 
I don't think there is one person in here, and if there is one person in here that wants to turn people away from Jesus Christ, please reveal yourself so we can throw you out of the church. Okay? We do not want you here. Okay? I don't think anybody has that desire to do anything like that. But understand that you know, speaking against Christ, turning people away from him, is doing that very thing of scattering abroad, which is what the Pharisees were doing. And so there is a lot of debate uh, so in verse 31, it says, Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be given unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And a lot of people debate about this, and there's a lot of good opinions, but I do think, so what I've heard a lot over the years is, is probably accurate. But again, I've never heard anyone kind of explain it in a good way too. And especially too, why is blasphemy the Holy Ghost so much worse than blaspheming the Father and the Son. That's what you don't hear people bring up that much. And I think when we pay very close attention to what Jesus is dealing with, if we look at the story of Jesus and we say, all right, let's look at the story where he talked about blaspheming the Holy Ghost and let's not try to compare it to the story of the guy who said something against me and died within 24 hours. Okay? I think that's what's messed up a lot of people's doctrine on this. They're trying to make this story fit their story. No, let's, I won't tell any of my stories tonight. Okay? I'm, I, don't, I don't really have any. I actually do have some of people that you, I kind of think, but I'm not telling those stories because I don't want to try to make this passage fit my stories. I, I want to focus on this story, and I think, we'll get, I think we'll understand, too, why blasphemy of the Holy Ghost is unforgivable. So verse 32 says, And whosoever speaketh the word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. And that's talking about Jesus Christ. You speak against him, he'll forgive you. Hey, the Apostle Paul said, I was a blasphemer. But he, got, he found mercy. Why? Well, he did it ignorantly. Keep that mind. Remember that. He said, but whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. And then he goes on to say, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and its fruit corrupt, for the tree is known by its fruit. And he's telling these people here, you know what? It's time for you to make a decision. Is the tree good or bad? Check the fruit. And you'll know it by the fruit. And what did Jesus do? He cast out a devil. He healed a man that was blind and dumb. How do you come up with a negative thing to say about that? How do you say a negative word about something like that? But you know what? That's exactly what these people did. And you know what? For you to do that, you have to be evil. You just have to be an evil person. You have to be somebody who is working against God, working against the mission of God. That's what you have to be doing. And so he goes on to verse 34 and says, O generation of vipers, how can ye being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. You know why you came up with this idea that I cast out devils by Beelzebub? You know why you come up with the worst possible reasons for any good thing I do because that is exactly how you are any good thing that you even appear to do for other people you do it to get something out of it you do it just to exalt yourself you do it just to make yourself look good and just watch people who are always throwing out accusations about why someone's doing something oh they're just trying to you know be this they're just trying to look that way they're just trying to be famous they're just trying to you know get everybody following them you're revealing your heart you're revealing your heart every time. You know, even you see a guy talking to a, a girl and you're just, you're thinking that. 
Is that the, you're obviously revealing that's the only reason you talk to that girl. You know, that's, that's all you're doing. You're just revealing your heart. You know, you sit there. I know what that guy's thinking. I can see the way he's looking at that person. I know he's a perv. Yeah, that's exactly what you're going to think because that's exactly what you do in your mind. You're just revealing your own heart. Watch out for watch out for people like that. And so, verse thirty-four. Or we already read verse thirty-four. Um, so in verse thirty-five, a good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof. In the day of judgment, for by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. So when he's talking about idle words here, okay, I do not believe he's talking about their vocabulary as much as he's talking about words spoken in judgment, or and specifically here words that were spoken in judgment against the works of Jesus Christ. So for example, okay, you know, what are idle words? Okay. Uh, talking in your sleep, does that count as idle words? Am I going to give an account for what I said in my sleep? You know, most people, when they talk in their sleep, they don't even make sense. Okay? I mean, how many of you, I mean, so we do, we all just, I mean, folks, so, some of our wives are in all kinds of trouble. I mean, they get, you know, like, you know, they, they, you know, your wife ever just talk about a whole bunch of stuff and you just don't even, you just kind of like lose track of what she's talking about. And it's just like, I, I know other husbands have that problem. Uh, I, I, you know, but, you know, I mean, you know, my, some of my daughters, not Abby, but like Chloe, uh, you know, Chloe, Allie, Lana, any of those three, you go on a car ride with them by themselves, and man, have they got a lot to tell you. I mean, they will wear your ear out. Okay? Are all of those things necessary to say, or are they just talking because they like to talk? Okay? I think those are some idle words. You're always going to give an account. Do you think God has a problem with that? All right. Do you think I should rebuke him and say, listen, you've said 75,000 words on this trip. I'm pretty sure all of those weren't necessary. You're going to give an account for every idle word. Okay. I believe this is talking about specific kinds of words here. And again, not a, not a vocabulary, but I believe he's talking about speaking in judgment because, again, a lot of the negative things we say, this is something too, uh, if I may just kind of chase a rabbit here and just give you a little gem of truth that will hopefully help you. But understand, okay, I mean, how many of you before you've been there where you found out somebody said something negative about you? Okay, has that ever happened to you by far? Nobody's ever said anything negative about me, so I don't know what it's like. No, no. We've all been there before where we found out somebody said something negative about us. And it hurts, doesn't it? I mean, it will eat you up. And one of the things I've had to tell people before is that, you know, some people, their mouth takes off and moves faster than their brain does. And you know what? We all say negative things that we really didn't put any thought into. It's like we thought it and it just came right out of our mouth. And you know, we don't mean it. And sometimes when we say things like that, it comes out of our mouth and then we forget about it. But the problem is when you have Satan's disciple who heard what you said, you know, go and take that message to the person. Then all of a sudden it's a huge deal. 
And so that person that said something negative about you, you know, that other lady that said something about another lady's hair that was negative, while it was just in passing because she doesn't like it because it's not according to her taste or something like that, you hear that and you run it over in your mind over and over and over again. And you think about all the nasty things she must be thinking about. And you think about all the people that she's probably told. And she's probably ta- talking, talking to somebody right now about it. And you see her talking to somebody in church. I see those two talking. They're probably talking about my hair right now. Because I did my hair that way again. And, and, you know, and understand, you know, that was wrong. They shouldn't have said something negative about you. But understand, your world is turned upside down right now. And it probably shouldn't be turned upside down right now. You know what? People say negative things. And it's, you know what those are? Those are idle words. We shouldn't do those things. And you know what? You're going to give an account of those things. You know, when you go hurting people, and you, did, you didn't mean to hurt somebody. It was just a dumb thing that came out of your mouth. But understand, when you said that, you, know, you did. You caused others to think negatively about somebody. And when it gets to them, it hurts them. That is a, ser- that is a very serious thing. We got, and we got to watch out for that kind of thing. You just revealed your own heart when you did that kind of thing. But I believe that's what it's talking about when it's talking about idle words. And so while we shouldn't be saying idle words against other people, and while we're very likely to do that, because sometimes we have negative opinions about other people, and, you just, and if you do, if you have negative opinions about other people, don't be like, well, I'm just telling it like it is. Shut up. You know what? Keep it to yourself. You know, and especially... Don't be saying it around other people in the church too. Okay? And, and I've, I've, I've said this before. You know, if, if you have a problem with me, okay, you know, it's good to have somebody to talk to. Again, that's why Lord gives us a spouse. You know? But you, know, you, should, you should never, if you have a problem with me, you shouldn't go telling other people in the church. If you have a problem with somebody else in the church, you shouldn't go telling other people in the church. You know what you should do? You need to find someone not connected to the church. If you've really got to talk about me, I, if, if my sermon just really fried your gizzard and you just got to say something, you know what? Say some, say it to somebody who it's not going to hurt anything if they think negative about me. You know, call your friend in Timbuktu and tell them all about it. You know, t- you know call, talk to your mom, your sister in another state. Tell them, man, Pastor Tommy's message bored me to tears. You know, and there will probably never be any consequences and you got it off your chest. But look, folks, never do that with other people in the church. Never do that, not, not just about me, about other people in the church. We need to be thinking positively about each other. We need to be loving each other. That's what we've been called to do. And we should never go speaking idly against other people in the church, making them think negative. And so we're very likely to do something like that. And I believe we will give an account for those idle words. But again, unless you have a really wicked heart, you're probably not going to go around saying bad things about God. I, I don't think anybody in this church is going to do this and, you know, and just have a get together. And we should, and there's nobody on this planet that you should be going to and saying, listen, I just need to vent about God and say bad things. You know, we shouldn't do that. You, you know who you should do that? If, if there is anyone you ever want to vent to, do it to God. You know, you ever hear him say, when you have a problem with somebody, go to the person? You know, you can do that with God. He knows your heart. So just be honest with him. You know, be respectful and everything, but just tell him about it. Don't tell me about it. We shouldn't do that with anybody else. But 
that's what Jesus is talking about when he's talking about. For, and then he says, for by thy words, thou shalt be justified. And by thy words, thou shalt be condemned. Your words are going to reveal your heart. The things that you say about God, the, thing, the way you see other people's motives, it's going to reveal your heart. And so uh, these people, these Pharisees, they revealed their hearts by their judgments. They were speaking against the Holy Ghost. And not only was it blasphemy, but here's what's the difference between blasphemy of the Holy Ghost and blasphemy against the Son of God or, or, or God the Father, is blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. I believe it's blasphemy based on knowledge rather than ignorance. So, for example, any atheist out there who is not a reprobate, okay, the reason they speak against God is because they are ignorant of God. Anyone who speaks negatively about Jesus, it's either because they are ignorant about the Jesus of the Bible or they have had bad representations of Jesus. We were talking about this before. I can understand why so many people are skeptical of churches. I mean, look at all the bad churches that are out there. I can understand why a lot of people are skeptical of Baptist churches. There's a lot of bad Baptist churches out there. And so, you know, we've got to cut people some slack because whenever we go and we talk to them about Jesus, there's been a lot of people scattering abroad in their mind. There's been a lot of people saying things against the Son of Man, making people think negatively about Him. And so they are, they're just, they don't know what to think. And, that, and so when we're out there sowing, we're trying to get these people thinking positively about Jesus. We're trying to point them to Jesus Christ. That's what we do. But understand, anyone who would say anything against God is just ignorant. And any, but anyone, and, and when it comes to the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, okay, we've, n we've not seen them, have we? We've not seen God the Father. We've not seen Jesus Christ. But at the same time, too, we know Christ. But how do we know Christ? We know Him through the Holy Spirit, okay? We don't have Jesus Christ in the flesh with us right now. But we do have the Holy Spirit that indwells us, who is just as much God as Jesus Christ is. And understand that today, it, the way God speaks to people is through the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost that points, draws people to Christ. It's the Holy Ghost who we want and who shows up in our, in our church services. It's the Holy Ghost who goes out with us when we go soul winning, it's the Holy Ghost that does these things. And what we do, what we believe, folks, our faith is based on a knowledge that's given us by the Holy Ghost. We have accepted what the Holy Ghost has revealed to our heart. We are not saved because we have mentally or intellectually agreed to a set of facts. No, we believe it. We understand it. It's in our heart. How did it get there? The Holy Ghost reveal it to us and the bible tells us too that the holy ghost draws every man that comes into the world so understand that when it comes to a the saving knowledge of god that comes through the holy spirit that is the first one that is the first member of the godhead that we are all officially introduced to it's the holy spirit later jesus christ and then later god the father so keep all that in mind. But the thing is, if we reject the Holy Spirit, if we turn away from the Holy Spirit, then you know what? We'll never see, we'll never see Jesus Christ except in judgment. 
and we'll, we'll never see God the Father. So think about what is the absolute worst thing that someone can do? I would think it would be turning people away from the Holy Spirit. You know, that, what, a, what a horrible thing that is to speak against the Holy Spirit. You know, you know, we've got these reprobates in our country speaking against Donald J. Trump and turning people away from him so they don't want to vote for him. I'm, I'm just I'm making fun of Fox News Baptist, right? No, what are they doing? They're, you know, often we turn people away from political leaders and stuff because we don't want people to vote for them. And, you know, I think it's fine. I don't, I don't think it's that big of a sin to do that. You know, there's good reason for doing that kind of thing. But often people do, they get mad when they see others changing voters' minds. And that is pretty much inconsequential what they're doing. But imagine turning people's minds away from the Holy Ghost. That right there, that's about as bad as you can get. You know what you're doing when you turn people away from the Holy Ghost? You are scattering abroad. You are working against Christ who came to seek and save that which was lost. Jesus came to gather, but you're scattering abroad. And what's interesting too, you want to know what the, the very next chapter is? It's where he gives the parables of the seed and sower. He's talking about that seed. And if we're out there and we're turning people away, away from Christ... We're helping remove that seed and you know what? They're not going to be saved. That is the worst thing you can do. That's literally the worst thing you could ever do. You know, I would rather, you know, it's too late. Nobody's ever going to get my soul, but I would rather get physically murdered than spiritually murdered. You know, I'm thankful that somebody didn't get to me with a lie and deceive me with a lie and turn me against God, turn me against the Holy Ghost and turn me into reprobate. Folks, there, there are worse things out there than dying. Becoming a reprobate, far worse. I mean, without a doubt. And so, when it comes to so this crowd, I don't think anyone here is in danger of blaspheming the Holy Ghost because we do all want to point people to Christ. But I do think there's a personal application we can make for ourselves because we will give account of our words, you know, and we are we're condemned or justified by our words, and we got to watch out going around speaking in ways that can turn people away from others, turning people away from that which is good. It's that type of thing. And so this doesn't just apply to what we say about God, but also man. And also when we do this, we reveal ourselves by how we judge other people's actions and motives. How we perceive what everyone's doing shows exactly what we are in our hearts. And so that blasphemy of the Holy Ghost, again, the, you know, none of us have seen God but the Holy Spirit does reveal Himself to us. The Holy Spirit does draw draw uh, all of us. And so even lost people, they've had an encounter with the Holy Ghost. And while many people have rejected Him, so they're not reprobate yet, but those people who go as far as just vocally speaking out against God, vocally trying to turn people away from God. There's a lot of atheists out there who... You know, they just, they've just been convinced of a lie. The, and these people, they could be turned to the truth. They could be saved. But, you know, then you, you have those just militant ones out there that are just trying to uh, turn people away from God. That are, they're like evangel. They're, they're, there's some atheists out there. They're more evangelistic than a lot of Christians are. That's when you're just like, yeah, that one's probably a reprobate right there. That they are literally scattering abroad, making it their mission to just think negatively about God, to think negatively about the Bible, 
you don't get any more wicked than that. When you see people like that who are putting that much effort into just turning people away from God, that's what you say. That person's probably been given over to a reprobate mind. And I can understand why God would look at that and just say, that is unforgivable. Because you know what? The Bible said too, you know, fear not him that can destroy the body. But boy, when you're destroying somebody's soul, it, it doesn't get any worse than that. If, if we really believe in eternity, if we believe in eternal soul, it doesn't get worse than that. So, you know, we have every right and reason to just look at some of these crazy militant, nut job, perverted atheists that are out there and to hate their guts. And people get offended by that. But folks, if you don't hate the guts of people like that, do you really believe what you claim to believe about souls, about heaven and hell? And even Jesus Christ himself said, you're blasting the Holy Ghost, you never have forgiveness. And he said that in the context, too, of people who are scattering abroad, people who are turning other people away from the truth. I think, and that's why, too, you know, in nearly every experience I've ever had in having showdowns with Jehovah's Witnesses, I just feel like I don't have any help from the Holy Spirit. I don't. And, and I think it's because when you have a people whose ministry is going around, literally turning people away from the truth, I, I think most, I don't think all, I'm not, I'm not going to declare all Jehovah's Witnesses reprobates. They usually have the experienced one and they have the apprentice that are with them. Some of those apprentices might have hope. Some of those people might have grown up in that and they've never really heard the truth. But I'm telling you, a lot of these ones that have been in it for a long time, I, I just, I feel like, the Holy Spirit's just telling me, leave them alone. Leave them alone. You know, and, that, and let me tell you too, you, if you want to waste your time, you know, it's, it's a big waste of time to have showdowns with just bona fide reprobates. You know, you know why, why, do we, why would we want to be like these street preachers going around just to these pride parades and stuff, screaming at these people? What a waste of time. What an absolute waste of time something like that is. You're not getting anywhere. You know, they, they've been given over to a reprobate mind. Just leave them alone. You're just going to make yourself look like a fool. I mean, just, we don't need, you know, you don't need to talk to them. You don't need to engage with them. You go cussing out these people. You're just making yourself look bad at that point. I've seen pictures of Christians, Christians flipping off these people. Oh, they're reprobate. I don't care. You don't need to be doing stuff like that. That's weird. That's perverted. Why, why would you do that? What did you accomplish? Did you get them that much closer to heaven? Did you get them that much closer to hell? All right, they're already on their way to hell. You know what you do when you got a bona fide reprobate? You know what you do when you got a bunch of queers, you know, protesting and screaming at you and stuff? Walk away. You know, I said when I, when I went to when I went to mass and they were out there protesting, I went out to look at them. I wanted to get a picture of them to show people. I didn't talk with them. I'm not, I'm not talking to these people. I was afraid they were going to start throwing something at me and trying to give me AIDS or something like that. I was, I was like, I'm not, I'm not communicating with these people. There's no point in it. But because it, it, it is, we need to understand this is, that is the worst of the worst. Turning people away from, turning people away from God and then blaspheming the, the, the Holy Ghost. Attributing the work of the Holy Ghost to the devil to say something that extreme against the Holy Ghost when there's zero evidence of it. Zero evidence. 
I mean, it, he literally healed a man, and they're saying, ah, those by Beelzebub, what a horrible thing that was. And so, understand, we're all going to have, and so, obviously we shouldn't do it against God, but we shouldn't do it against other people either. And all of us are going to have thoughts cross our minds. But understand, there isn't much you can do about a thought crossing your mind. My dad used to always say, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop it from making a nest there. You know, and, and yeah, it's true. But you know what? When thoughts cross your mind about people, you don't have to say anything about it. Keep your mouth shut. Just don't, don't make people think negatively of others. And so I believe when Jesus is talking about giving account of every idle word, he isn't talking about just every word we say that's just pointless or meaningless, but specifically judgments we make. Just idle words, speaking negatively about people. We're going to answer for those things because we influence other people. We, and we don't want to do that. And so when we spread our thoughts or concerns about others that aren't accurate, there's a problem with that. And you know what? You're going to be justified and condemned by those things. You know, there's people out there too. It's like they can't say anything mean about anybody. You know what? Those are typically really nice people. You know, we're just like, man, these are just sweet folks, just good, good-hearted folks. They just see the best in everybody. But you know, that person is just negative all the time. We know something's wrong. With them, when we go around lowering other people's opinions of someone unjustly, that we're going to give account of that kind of thing. We hurt them for no reason. There, there's, there's a time to speak against people. Okay? There, you know, I hope, I, I wished I could have turned more people against J.B. Pritzker back in November. But you know what? Not enough negative things were said about that guy. And we got him and look at all the junk he's doing. You know what? And I, I hope one of these days somebody turns a jury against that guy and a judge and he gets thrown in prison with Bogoyevich and George Ryan. And, uh, you know, so we, we're bad at picking governors, but we're pretty good at putting him in prison. So hopefully he'll go there one of these days. But again, while, while, we look, while this passage we looked at mainly speaking about speaking against God, lowering people's opinions about God, understand let's not do it to other people either. There is a time to talk negatively but always be careful, always be prayed up before we do this kind of thing. So most, most of the trouble we get into with our words are because we just got caught up in the moment and didn't think about what we were saying. And we've got to watch that. It is, it is a dangerous thing, and we can really, really hurt people. And so I don't think we're in danger. I don't think any of us are in danger of doing this with God. I don't think it's in the hearts of anyone in here to do that. But we are all in danger of doing it to each other. One bad day, bad attitude, negative thoughts. It's just, it's a bad thing. Don't do it. If you must say something negative about somebody, again, go find a homeless bum somewhere, buy him dinner you know, in another city, and then just unload about the people of Liberty Baptist Church. Just, and, and you know, that probably isn't right either because he'll never come to our church after that. But he probably wasn't going to anyway, so you probably didn't hurt anything. But I'm telling you, You'd be better off doing that than ever doing it around here. That, that's just not a good thing to do. And so with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, I pray this message was a help and a blessing to everyone. I pray you'll help us to uh, take these things to heart. And Lord, I, I don't believe there's anyone in here that uh, would ever uh, you know, say anything negative against you, Lord. I do believe that uh, people here in this church have a love for you. But Lord, we can often uh, be this way with other people, and that's not right either. And I pray you'll help us to always... Uh, be mindful of these things, be careful, and to uh, just uh, watch our mouths in these areas. In your name we pray. Amen.